0: Hey, what's going on? It's Carl Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the news podcast for the 29th of January 2020. What's going on, how are you? Hope, you? hope you're having a good week. Good week. Um I told you guys this podcast um in the um the top the best and worst of 2019. Uh I told you guys that this podcast was coming. This is the hidden gems or the underrated uh films of um last year. Films you may have missed. Uh, more appropriately, probably named that the, the films you may have missed in 2019 um, and the way this is going to work is I've got four films here I'm going to talk about um, two are I don't think many people saw them and the other two are uh, you might have seen them they're quite popular um, but I still don't think like a lot of people went and saw these films so I'm just going to rattle them off now um, and first of all, before I start, uh, this was, this is obviously supposed to come out last week as well, but I just had a lot of things got, got in the way. Um, I'm starting to get very busy on the, uh, even though I'm not one of the main directors of it, um, starting to get busy on that play that I was talking about a couple podcasts ago, um, as we are on stage, uh, in May. So that's all kicking off and some other things as well. I've just been in certain moods to do things, uh, creatively, but here we are, um, I'm going to talk about these right now, and, uh, and I've just got some things to say at the end of the podcast that, uh, you know, might be useful, might be interesting, um, let's start with Honey Boy, um, this was written and directed by Alma Harrell, it's, uh, Star Shia LaBeouf, Noah Jupe, Lucas Hedges, and, um, it's about a young actor uh, named Otis, who is um, he's a, ch- a child actor. He's been acting since he's a kid, um, and it's about his struggles, I guess, with his father, who is abusive, played brilliantly by I'm um, Shia LaBeouf, plays his, um, his father Taylor, and um, pretty much about you know you know what he. Is he a product of his, of his father, or he, he, you know, he's trying to be a better person? There's a, there's a theme that's going to run throughout this series of trying to be a better person. But um, what Honey Boy is, it's, for me, really, what I saw, because um, it's written by Shia LaBeouf. I mean, so it's not written by Alma Harrell. I, did, I uh, made a mistake back there. It's just directed by Alma Harrell, but it's written by Shia LaBeouf. And I, th- I'm, I, I don't know if he's actually confirmed this, but... It's, I think it's based loosely off his childhood and what he went through, because there's a lot of substitutes when you see there's a certain scenes where you have uh, Noah Jupe or Lucas Hedges in certain scenes. I mean, mostly Lucas Hedges is mostly seen in, in a rehab, but Noah Jupe, especially, there's some, some scenes where you could think that, oh, that would, that would be a substitute for that movie or that would be a substitute for this movie. Um And it's just a very... um, It's a tough film to watch, but it's also a very, very touching film. Um, I think Alma Harrell... This is her first narrative feature, I believe. Um, And I think she she mostly does documentaries, I'm pretty sure. Alma Harrell. Um, I I haven't really seen uh, many of the documentaries that she's done. I mean, that's... I haven't seen any of them, really. Um, But... I think she just does a, does a great job here. I know it's a, very much a cooperative effort between her and Shia LaBeouf to make sure they're telling the story right, but I think she's done an excellent job directing, especially in Noah Jupe's um, Noah performance. Lucas Hedges is really good too, but when was Lucas Hedges bad? Come on. Um, Noah Jupe, especially. Uh, this is the first time I've seen him really... Uh, I mean, he's he's in this movie, obviously, he's one of the main characters, and he is just excellent. He's just excellent in this film. Uh, but you're... Your star of the movie is, is Shia LaBeouf... Playing a version of his father... Which is like... It seems like on-screen therapy for him. Um, you want to ask if he's okay? Uh, I think it's just... I think it's a very... Um, it's... It, it's. I don't know. It, it's a brave... It's it's a, I don't want to say brave. It, I, I think it feels cathartic for Shia to write something like this and then have this be out there and have people watch it, have people in, ingest it. And, um, I mean, you really want to, um, <laughs> you really want to shake it but just be like, what, whoa, like, what happened? Um, was his father actually like, and th- those are the kind of questions you be asking yourself when you finish the film. Um, was he like this, is that how much abuse that he went through? Is this the kind of childhood that he had? um, But what I can say is, I mean, I can't really talk based on uh, what I perceive to be the reality of everything, but um, just the film itself, and it's just a gorgeous film as well. Uh, Natasha Breyer, who did the cinematography for The Neon Demon, she's a cinematographer for this one, and um, I think she does an excellent, excellent job at evoking some kind of fantasy or escape for these characters. Uh, there's a certain scene where you have Noah Jude's, um Otis, and a very touching cameo, might ad add, from FKA Twigs. Uh, yeah, the singer-songwriter FKA Twigs. Uh, they go to there's certain places around the, in the caravan park because they're living in a caravan park and uh, pretty much his whole daily routine is just working with, out with his father or talking with his father or going through lines with his father. And then he goes off to the film, comes back, his father like his father like a stalker mom. Um, he's always he's always there. Taylor's always around, and he's very protective of his son, um, whether it be in the right way or and and in, in, in some cases in this film in the very very wrong way, coming off as like offensive, vitriolic, and then of course abusive. Um, but there's a certain scenes where Natasha Brae does what I really really enjoy is. Um, when you get the escape when when Otis gets to escape from his father and gets to um hang out with this girl who's played by F- FKA Twigs at the um at the caravan park it's like a, it's right around the pool and it's around uh the this kind of junkyard area she uses this really beautiful purple neon kind of haze and it's just i don't know i think it's a beautiful contrast between the trailer and the trailer park um and then yeah and, and the junkyard and pool um the co- the colours he uses the the purples and the pinks they're kind of face together they seem such so fantastical um you know it's it's almost it always makes you doubt the truth of those moments like did is Otis you know it, I don't want to say he's not dreaming it because I think it's a very far fetched thing to think that like oh yeah he's he's that delusional that you know he's loving his father or is that I guess. Because he's around his father so much, he's detached from reality. But then he has this other friend named Tom, who um, is an, uh, an adult, and he hang, uh, hangs out with him. So, you want to you feel like he has found another person to latch onto to escape this uh, this very harsh reality, really, of, of living with his father. And I think Natasha Breyer just does an excellent job at creating that contrast, creating that almost dreamscape, but safe haven. Um, when it comes to the pool and the junkyard um, there's not much else I can say about Honey Boy I think it's an excellent film um, I think Alma Harrell does an excellent job of directing it A first time narrative feature is a really really um, well done job from her and Shia LaBeouf's script is, is very very good and just the way that he's he's done this story um, I think it's I think it's just beautiful I think it's a beautiful beautiful film and um, I definitely definitely give that a recommendation um I, I mean, he could even be... People think he was also a snub for supporting actor. I mean, I would agree. I would definitely put him in supporting actor category, but, you know, it's not... It's... Obviously, it's too late now. I mean, th- we can make that up with alternate Oscars, can't we? <laughs> um, Yeah, excellent film. And also, what I want to say as well, it, it, it doesn't feel like it goes for long either. It it has really really good pacing and then when you get to the end you almost want to watch you want to watch more really because it's it's over like it's over so quickly like that and you want to just continue to watch the story it ends on a certain line and then you're just thinking well look, is that it um and then you want to watch more but then the film's over and you have to obviously think about it i don't and I just think it's a, a really, really good film. Um, if you did not check Honey Boy in two thousand and nineteen, it's coming to Amazon Prime actually on uh, February seventh. Uh, but if you're in Australia and you've got Prime Video, I'm pretty sure it's coming out like maybe like a month later or two weeks later. It might be February twenty eighth. I think that it's coming out. Um, I remember looking at the release dates for a certain Australian streaming services, and it's um, might be coming out then. Um, so when that does come out re- please do check it out it is a really really good film and p- people that have been sleeping on Shire like this is his perfect example to show that Shire LaBeouf is a one hell of an actor alright moving on um, I don't know if I want to mix it up with a, one of the lesser knowns or move on to the next big one uh, I might go okay this is what I might do i might going to go and move on to a 9 I'm going to mix it up a bit. Because I had a certain way I was going to do it Do it in. And uh, I'm going to mix it up a bit. The next one I want to talk about is Wild Rose. Um, this is a film that I didn't think many people saw in 2019. There's a lot of people that are uh, that I watched that, that like to talk about it. And, and, and are saying it's a really good film. But I know that it was a quite underseen film. Even so, its song... Glasgow getting um, snubbed at the Oscars for original song, and just in my opinion, I think it should be taking a place of one of those songs in that category. But I digress. Um, so, Wild Roses, directed by Tom Harper, is written by Nicole Taylor, and it's about a uh, Scottish woman that wants to get into the Nashville singing scene. Now, she's just fresh out of prison, she wants to make a better life for herself, she has two children that her mother looks after, and uh, but. I mean, she wants to look after them, but her ultimate dream is to go to Nashville and be a country singer. She wants to be a Nashville country star. Um, and then the film is all about her, we get balancing that, that that dream and then having this reality of having two kids because she married too young and got pregnant too young, and and um, I believe it was eighteen. She had the first child. That, um, and it's all about you know her, her struggles with that. She also starts working for a lady where. Um, they they try to give her visibility because she hears her singing, but she decided to make some money so she can provide for her kids. Um, it's it's a whole lot going on, um, but this movie is really really is really good. I had such a good time with this one. Um, Jessie Buckley, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse Buckley, she is a star. Um, I absolutely love her. Uh, I've never really seen her that much before, but. I just, I found out, um, I think maybe a couple of days ago, that she was going to be in Fargo season four. Uh, I think I I saw the trailer, I think, and I I saw that she was going to be in Fargo season four. And uh, she's just, she's really good here. She's really good. She's got a good singing voice. Her vocals are really, really good. And I think she's just one hell of an actress as well. Um, It takes, because the film is so heavily in Scottish, um, this is it it kind of feels like train dialogue because you can't really understand sometimes what the fuck people are saying um you know that famous scene from um transporting 1 where they're talking about football i believe they're talking about i think it's um um i think it's uh oh, what's his name um i think it's Begs bigsby begsby what's the begsby begby that's it buddy um, what's his name um Franco Begbie. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, it's it's him. Um he's probably Robert I know I know the actor's name, I think. Just trying to get the uh... anyway, Begbie. Um it's the one it's a scene in um think about the scene in Transporting One where Begbie's trying to um explain the soccer game. I believe it's the the what the, he's talking about. I think it's Chelsea or... I don't know. I don't want to say what teams they are, but he's trying to explain the game and you, <laughs> you can't even understand a fucking word he's saying. I believe there's a... Um, I think they put it in... Um, they have subtitles down the bottom, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe that was the version I watched that they had subtitles on. But he's trying to explain these game to everyone. They're obviously ex- understanding what the hell he's saying, but... We as an audience, like, there's, you have the transporting dialogue, you have the normal dialogue that, like, it comes from, like, Renton and Sick Boy and Spud and all that stuff. And you get Begbie's dialogue and you're like, what the fuck is he saying? Unfortunately, I mean, it's not... I still could understand what I was saying, but there are going to be some people that would, are not going to understand, especially what Rose um, says to her, her mum, who's played by uh, Julie Walters there are certain scenes between those two ladies where they're f- heavily in scottish and they're just talking 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 and you're just like you're trying to keep up with the scene and it's nothing against the screenplay it's nothing against the script it's nothing against the actors it's just there's going to be some people that are not going to hard going to find it hard to follow so um just just giving you a heads up about that the whole thing yeah the, the whole film is in, is it, they are talking scottish so and they don't care if you if you haven't caught up or if you you know, um, yeah, they don't. I don't care, but I'm happy to say that I did understand most of it, and I followed the film, and I love the film. Um, it's a really, really, again, another touching movie about, uh, but this time instead of you know escaping your father, being a product of who you, where you've come from, um, you know, being free, being yourself. I mean, think about it: a Scottish woman wants to be from, from Glasgow, wants to be a Nashville country star. I mean just think of that for a second. I mean even even in the film, characters even question her and be like, What, you're from Scotland though. Like why do you want to be a Nashville country star? And it's all about chasing the dream because that's the dream that you want. Um It it does follow the formula of your kind of music biopics and you know, um, like Star is Born for example, but It had an ending that really, really left me feeling satisfied. Um, It also has one beautiful shot, um, one of my favorite shots from last year, where you have uh, one side is a party and then one side's her. And I'm not going to tell you what kind of shot it is. Hopefully you do check out this film and watch it. It's a beautiful shot. I love it. It's um, it's also very kind of a sad shot too. Um, But I love it. Um, and finally, I just want to reiterate: Glasgow not getting nominated for original song is a just a, a stab in the heart. Um, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful original song written by Mary Steenburgen of all people. Mary Steenburgen wrote that song, um, and I've had it on repeat ever since. So, if you like the, you know, the rising star kind of, um, kind of uh, underdog story. Uh, Wild Rose is different for you, and Jesse Buckley delivers one of my favourite female performances from last year. Alrighty. Moving on to our next, uh, you know, maybe you saw this film, maybe you didn't, um, but I know I did get a lot of love last year, and while I still want to um, jump, on that, uh, jump on that love train. We're talking about waves, ladies and gentlemen, waves. Um... It's directed by Trey Edward Schultz, written by Trey Edward Schultz, and he's the guy that did Krisha, and uh, It Comes at Night, and for him to come out with a movie like this absolutely blew me away. Um, this movie is fucking fantastic. Um, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Alexa Demie, Sterling K. Brown, and we're not going to forget uh newcomer for me, really. I haven't seen her before, but Taylor fucking Russell. She is incredible in this movie. Um, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Remains to be on my list of rising stars. Keep an eye out for that name. Kelvin Harrison Jr. Um, what's the movie about? It kind of follows two journeys. Without spoiling anything, it kind of follows two journeys. You have the journey of um, Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s character, uh, Tyler, and then you have Taylor Russell's character, Emily, who are part of the same family. They have a... Um, they got their parents... Uh, you have, the, uh, I think it was the, the stepmom because something happened to the mum in the past, and you've got their father played by Sterling K. Brown. I watched, um, just talking about fathers, I watched this and Honey Boy in the same night, and we kind of uh, with a friend of mine, and we kind of called this like the Troublesome Father uh, double feature, and uh, I mean it does it, it it uh it does have that. That way, but I, you can't say that Sterling K. Brown's um, um, father character, um, father figure of Ronald, is um, as abusive as Shia LaBeouf's father uh, character in Honey Boy. Uh, he's very, very um, dominant, resilient, and and making sure that Tyler, um, I don't know, like wants to become him. I mean, there's an even it's a really good line. Um, in the film, where he does talk about him become, like becoming like his father, or, or when I look at, I think it's when the mother says, "When I look at you, I see him," something like that. Um. Anyway, that's what it's about. I don't want to spoil too much. It's about it's just two stories. You follow two stories, and it's you're you're along for the ride, really. You're on for the ride. I think it's for him to, for Troy Wood Schultz to come out. With a film like this, after Krusha and um, and it comes at night. Now, I did like it comes at night. People, a lot of people didn't like it comes at night. They thought it was pretty slow, and um, this pacing was very off. And then the trailer obviously was a was incredibly mismarketed. I mean, A24 does have that that problem sometimes where they will mismarket products because uh, a- Waves is also done by A24 as well. They teamed up with Trailwood Schultz again. Um, so I don't, Wouldn't say you need to watch the trailer for this one. Just just jump in, um, and experience the journey. It's an incredibly thoughtful examination of forgiveness. I mean, the whole magnitude of love in general, and just learning to be a better person, like growing from experience and maturing. Um, and it's all dressed in sharp and slick cuts. It boasts a playlist of songs from a, like a variety of artists, ranging from boisterous and swaggering hip hop to like heart wrenching slow jams um it perfectly complements the characters like when you have there's certain moments in the film where characters are doing things and then a song will come on and you're like oh okay like it could be a little on the nose really but i got past that um like i was i was like noticing and i was just saying, like, okay so that this he's doing this right now let's chuck in this song i mean i i couldn't I, i'm just imagining the process of like reading the script uh, where a, they were probably given like a USB or something like that with the music playlist on it to play it at certain points in the script. I mean I wouldn't be surprised if I found like a trivia fact and saw the trailer which Schultz did that when he distributed the strips to people, uh, the scripts to people. Um, and it, yeah, it can be a little on the nose at times because it does I mean they do come at, at points. Where you're just thinking, okay, this is the perfect song for um, moment for this song to play. And then it plays. And then you're like, okay, now did you want that or did you want to, 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 for it to be something different? And I don't think this is the, the, this is the it doesn't really, I think it works because it's the, the movie is trying to tell is, some, is about, you know, still being young, still being dumb, but learning from that experience and yeah, growing up to be a better adult. Uh, forgiving people, loving people. I mean, yeah, it's a very, very strong message about love, like I mentioned before. Um, and it's all just so well strung together. Like as I said, it's just it has really slick and sharp cuts. Like you'll be watching the scene and then it clicks to the next scene perfectly, and you're like, oh, that's that was that's where I would cut it as well. Like, I mean, if you're thinking like that, that's where you would cut it. But um, it just cuts like that um and it has these aspect ratio changes that could be a little weird i mean to the uh, to the eye like just thinking what the f- why are they doing that but i think the aspect ratio change changes complement the story so well because it gets you in the headspace of the characters at a certain moment in the film where those aspect ratio changes you understand why schultz is doing that and um it just works it honestly just works and it's just done. It's just pulled off like it was nothing. Like he, he just nails it. I mean, I I just can't believe it. this is the dame dude that did uh, Krisha and and it comes at night. It just goes to show when you have an a, I, I, guess when you want to do something different and you have a great idea, just fucking just do it and do it a hundred percent. Because he, I think he hits on all cylinders. Of waves. I think it's an exceptional film. I have, I love the performances. Uh, I love the whole film in general. It's 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 just a a, a glorious ride. It's a glorious ride, and I loved it. And I was so attached to these two uh, these two characters, and and really cared for them. I really cared for the family, and I think shots just now that it. it's excellent. So I mean, probably my biggest recommendation here would be to watch Waves. So if you want to watch one of these four movies, Waves, uh, definitely be one number one. If I watch this, if I had watched this, um. At the time last year, where I could put this on my 2019 list, it might have been number one, honestly. It might have been number two. I don't know. I've only seen Waves once, but I definitely plan on watching it again. So if you haven't checked out this film, Waves, please do check it out. It's, it's, it's exceptional. And finally, (laughs) let's, let's end on a bit of a bang. Um, let's end on the death of Dick Long. Uh, this is another A24 distributed film, and it's directed by one of the Daniels. Now, the Daniels did Swiss Army Man, the Fighting Corpse movie with Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano, and people who really loved that film and, and loved its uniqueness and its I guess its <laughs> its unashamed like weirdness, like. You're gonna get that in this film, but it's—I think it's toned down a little. But something does happen in this film, which I'll talk about in a minute. But you understand, like you get the director's style. It's—it's like, it's, um, you understand why he took this one. Um, the reason why I like this film is because I have a soft spot for um, mysteries set in the uh, in a small town. Um, I think like um, Fargo. That's why I love watching the Fargo TV series because we get a whole new mystery every single time. It's it's like small town crime. I really just really really latch onto that, and I really like if that s- story is told really well. I mean, that's just I mean, it's like it's like uh, dynamite in a bottle, really, L- lightning in a bottle. Um, I really w- like honestly wish I could write a film, so like set in a small town and pulled off so well, executed so well, I, I, I think it's it's one of my favorite concepts, I love Small Town Crime, um, and this one is, is a little bit of taste of Small Town, Alabama. Um, now, it's directed by one of the Daniels, and written by Billy Chu, it's about uh, these three guys, Zeke and Earl, and uh, they're partying one night, and Dick dies, their friend Dick Guys. Um, and this is not a spoiler, That it's literally in the, in the title of the movie. But, what I'm not going to tell you about is how the movie obviously unravels. And, their whole, it's like, they're kind of like these bumbling Alabama guys that don't want what happened to Dick come out. They obviously don't, um, want everyone to find out, you know, what happened and how it happened. How did they know what happened to Dick? Um, it was a crazy, crazy night of partying. Um, but we're set in a small town and people are going to eventually find out. Um, I thought the leads were good at this movie. I've never seen these guys before. Um, Michael Abbott Jr. and Andrew Hyland. And Andre Hyland. Um, I don't know if I've... Has he been in the movie before? Um, no, I haven't really seen him in anything. Uh, Andre Hyland and uh, Michael Abbott Jr. Maybe I've, maybe I've seen him before. Oh, he was in... Mud and Loving, okay. Don't think of just okay. And I think I have seen Virginia Newcomb before who plays um Zeke's wife, Lydia. Or have I not seen that either? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just when you think you have. Um Huh. Again, I don't think of she was really good. She really left a really good impression on me. Virginia Newcomb, um, she does. She plays her character of uh, Lydia, um, the wife of Zeke, really well. Um, the, the Olsen family, and I think she was she was one of the standards. Really, I really loved her, um, and I really loved the leads as well. You've also got uh, two cops played by. Um, oh, I thought I had that. No, yeah, that's not it. He's, he's the other guy. Um, Officer uh, Dudley, who's Sarah Baker. I mean, she was in... I mean, When I last saw her, um, she was in the campaign, I believe. Yes, there she is. She was uh, Zach Galifianakis' wife in the campaign. She is one of the um, the leading officers on this case to find out what happened to Dick. And, uh, and then you've got... Um, uh, the... I've, I've never seen this lady before, but she was the, she plays like the chief of the uh, of the oh there's Sheriff Spencer, the chief of police. Um, Janelle Cochran, uh, never has never seen her before, but she looks like she's been a, been in a few films. Uh, champagne. Oh, she's she's a costume person. Oh, okay, interesting. Probably that's why I haven't seen her in films. <laughs> she's behind them. Um, I thought this re- the film had really fun, snappy little dialogue. Um, I love the back and forth between Zeke and Earl, um, and I, I, I do think speaking of the cops, I think they could have been a bit better. There was not really much attachment there, but I, re- I just really enjoyed them. Again, small town crime got a soft spot for it. I really enjoyed them slowly trying to unravel this mystery and what happened to Dick Long, um, and then you've got Dick Long's wife, Jane um, she, she doesn't know about it, and, oh, it's just, it's just, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think it's a, it's a really interesting film, it's not too long either, it's a nice tight 90, and, uh, yeah, you, you gotta get through it, or will you, because without, again, without spoiling anything, this movie... And this is the reason why I would rec This is on the recommended list. If this was any kind of small town thing, I'd probably still recommend it. But this movie has a twist that will honestly make you drop drop everything. Um, it has one of the weirdest, oddest, and not in a shit way, shocking twists I have ever seen in a film in recent years. Um, I was absolutely... I don't even use this word, but flabbergasted when I've... when i <laughs> when I experienced the turn that this movie took uh, with its characters and with its storytelling and... it was just... I was just blown away. I was just like, oh, shit. I think I was like... I was like, drop me drink. I was like, drinking me drink watching it. I was just thinking, Shh, fuck. Lucky like it wasn't a coffee because it already it on me lap. But... It's sort of like a, I don't know. I not know what drink it was. Doesn't matter. I dropped it. I was just thinking, wow, like I've never—I mean, I've never seen anything like that before. Heard it when you finally hear these characters talk about it. You're just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Um, and for that alone, I think for that alone, I recommend that you see the Death of Dick Long. Um, it's just an odd film. It's a lovely little tight film. It's a good... Again, small town crime sprinkled with the twist of the decade. <laughs> um, and if you love the Daniels work, I think you're going to enjoy something here. If you love any A24 film, I think you're going to enjoy it. I think it's an underrated A24 flick that came out last year. We did have the big ones like, you know, uh, A Midsummer, I've mentioned ways before. Um but this was like one, one little slipped on people's radars, and it just kind of came out and left. Um, oh yeah, definitely check this one out. It's um, yeah, if you got like a, if you got like a, I don't know, like a Friday afternoon or a Friday night, Saturday night or something, and you, you just want to chuck on something nice and quick, uh, but just really just be blown away by <laughs> by it. Um, yeah, the Defa Dick Long, check it out. Check it out. All right, I bet that about wraps it up uh, for those four films. Now I've got a little surprise for you before you go. Um, to make up for it not coming out um, last week, I've got some more films here that I've seen, and um, not only will you be getting next week, will you be getting uh, the everything I watched in January plus the top my top ten of 2020, like my top ten most anticipated of the 2020. I'm gonna do. I want to do a part two of this, of uh, of the uh, movies you may have missed because I've seen four more that fit the bill, uh, but these ones are not going to be like Waves or Honey Boy or anything like that. They're going to be like your latter films here, like your Wild Rose and your um and Dick Long. I think there are films that, again, not many people had did see, but. Um, it gives me a chance to recommend it to you guys and make sure you do check these films out. Because who knows, you might find a new favourite. I don't know. Um, But I wanted to do that. I wanted to do another part two for this week because next week, I've got planned next week the, um, the... the, uh, the Everything I Watched in January. Sorry about that. The Everything I Watched in January plus, on top of that, the, um the top 10 most anticipated of the 2020. I'm having a fucking like, mind blank right now. Um, shit. And um, I think with that as well, uh, I'm thinking about doing, I mean, I I know normally this year, I normally every year before the Oscars, I do like an Oscars podcast. But if you guys remember Jay Wood from the Best of the Decade podcast, we're currently planning for it get to get him on for an alternate Oscars podcast where we're going to cast new votes for Best Actress. I mean, we, they might even have the same... Um, I say Best Actress because I'm just immediately thinking of Florence Pugh from Midsummer. But um, we're going to cast new votes for all the acting categories. I don't think we're going to go so far into you know, costume design, production design, and sound design, editing, all that stuff. Just the main acting categories. You, you're your Best Pia yeah. Uh You're scores uh something like that we're gonna sit down we're we're gonna make it less than three hours this time but we're gonna sit down but we're gonna try and work out alternate picks um for these oscar awards um so hopefully that's gonna be a lot of fun i've definitely been doing those before the oscars i know the oscars are not next monday but then one day after so there'll be something out before then i'm also working on again i told you guys i'm working on this play that's coming out in may the laramie project and, um, I'm just, uh, trying to get the first episode of Fun Police out there for you guys and everything else. There's a lot, there's just a lot of things I'm working on. I'm back at the gym as well. So, um, because of all that, it might be not as consistent, um, this time around, uh, the, the start of this year, especially with the play. Um, cause as long as the, as the months go on for that, the busier I'm going to be getting. Uh, so just letting you guys know that it it, it might not be um, as consistent just for the first half here. Um, but, you know, we'll see what you can do. I mean, you stay busy. Stay keen, I guess. I don't know what I'm trying to fucking say. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening to the uh, the movies you may have missed in 2019. There will be a part two coming out this week. Um, I'm very keen to show you guys those films. And then next week, we're going to be talking about the rest of... Of the year, everything I watched in 2020 and the rest of the year. Have a great week, guys, and I'll talk to you very soon.